when we get into these love relationships where we really want to, you know, have somebody meet us in some of those harder places, our protection comes up. And the very move that makes me successful in other areas is the move that pushes me further and further away from my partner. Connecting couples with the real Emhoffs. I'm Chad Emhoff. I'm Angela Emhoff, and we're excited. We're diving into our fifth week here at our Connecting Couples podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, or if you'd prefer just to listen, you can listen to it on our podcast. Um, we're new at this, so we appreciate that you guys are kind of sticking with us. Give us feedback, but give us, us a little grace. As we figure out how <laughs> to do this. We normally interact like in front of people, and so adding all this equipment adds just a little element that we're learning to work with. It kind of feels distant. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I miss you guys. It's making Making my pursuer energy feel a little bit more tamed because I normally like to like oh. talk with my hands and I have to like keep it under wraps. So she literally sometimes is like trying to make a point like this. I don't know what happens there. And we should probably get into for the, our listeners. We have to talk our about. hands are waving all around. It's true. It's very yeah. True. So we're here is kind of how we've broken down our podcast. We're going to do you know intro a topic and then really talk about the trap or the dilemma that comes with that topic. We want to give you a live example and then we're going to do what we call a connect point where we throw it back to you and say this is the conversation that we want you guys to connect over. We're connecting couples. It's the name of our podcast. That's our goal. What we really want to do. And so we've, um, we're five into our first series, The Basics, and really designed for couples who are in therapy with an EFT therapist or a couple who's gone to a Creative for Connection, which is the faith-based version of a Hold Me Tight or a couple who's gone to a Hold Me Tight workshop and really started to get to understand, are they a pursuer? Are they a withdrawer? What does their cycle looks like? Uh, what, what does their cycle look like? How do they pass these uh, deeper emotions across? In the future, in more series, we're going to get into some of like the forgiveness work. We're going to get into uh, some of the places we get stuck. We're going to go a couple topical series like family of origin issues. We're excited about kind of where this is going, but we knew we had to launch somewhere. So we started off with the basics. And so that start at the beginning. Yeah. Build a foundation. Introduced ourselves in in part one and then brought you uh, what love is. And we talked about pursuers and kind of what it feels like to be a pursuer. And last week, Chad really did a great job kind of inside the world of with the withdrawer. And so our, our connect points for the last few weeks have been to just have a conversation with your partner about which one you think you are. Are you the pursuer? Are you the withdrawer? And can you share that with your partner? And so this week, we're going to talk about what happens when pursuers and withdrawers kind of butt heads. Butt heads. We do. We want to talk about how these um, two halves of the relationship fit together. And, and we have good reasons, both of us. Angela, if, if Angela was a single person, she would be extremely successful at being a human, right? But there is kind of an issue, though. She I doesn't, feel like, no, that's untrue. Being it's a lonely. human is very lonely if yeah. you're by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But, but if, if it weren't for the loneliness, if it weren't for the idea that we need others in our lives... Her tactics, her her ability to engage and her anxiety would drive her well and I she would do great done. in life. I, you yeah. know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, my efficiency at the grocery store. I live light, like, yeah. I don't just you go through it. my house. Yep. I pick up five things and drop them off in sequence in the house where they go and just efficiency is really an yeah. ideal um, thought of somebody that's a pursuer. That could be that. I think that's a very similar thought yeah. that a withdrawer has, like, there is a logical kind of 
efficient mode yeah. that we want to be in. I was just thinking a, a really uh, good friend of ours who is an EFT therapist, who's a firefighter. You know, he talks a lot about going into a burning building. You think about some of these jobs, like being a doctor or being a firefighter. You don't want your doctor to be like, you know, I'm feeling really emotional today. And before I do your surgery, I just want you to know I have a lot of anxiety. That, that's not what you want to know. This could go bad. I'm nervous. <laughs> no. Me no. and my wife got into a fight and I'm about to, you know, see you. Really, my mind's there, but I'm here. I, I've done a lot of these. I'll be fine. <laughs> No, no. We want people who can turn this off. We yeah. want people who can who can focus. There who can are lock jobs. It in. The yep. expectation is shut down and withdraw. And yep. so we've learned in our culture, in our families of origin, in our own bodies, the patterns that keep us safe and that keep us kind of moving forward. The problem is when we get into these love relationships where we really want to, you know, have somebody meet us in some of those harder places, our protection comes up and the very move that makes me successful in other areas is the move that pushes me further and further away from my partner. Yeah. And this is um, classic that we would do this. I mean, it, it's such a, a common thing that we marry and we get into a relationship with, with a partner who does kind of the opposite move that we do. Me and Angela are a very stereotypical couple. So I'm, I'm classically a withdrawer who likes to go to my head and fix things and kind of do things on, uh, in my head first. And, and so like I can research and look things up and I can be very interested in that. You know, something else that I've been talking to uh, a couple of friends about was how often a withdrawer likes to like think that the next toy or thing will like satisfy them. Like they research the thing and even the research is kind of like an escape in some ways. So it's like, we're always kind of like chasing something in our mind. Chad is a huge process. consumer reports guy. He will read oh my gosh, and I get the articles. details. But he does the research. I'm like, yeah, I have a gut feeling. I like the color of that thing. Let's just get it. You Which know? is great, right? Because I do all this research and I have the things make, and I make it work. I make quick decisions. And, but, but it's great for Angela too, because I do the research and I find the things and it, it does. I have a lot of knowledge about some things that yeah. I, that I go get or want to do. Whereas she can kind of pull the trigger on things a little bit quicker, which isn't bad. I mean, sometimes if you overthink what you're going to have for dinner or if you overthink what you're going to, I don't know, which $30 item to pick out for this from the store, you're probably wasting some time there. Right? I'm not researching how right. many times your family should have chicken every month. I'm just cooking what I can cook or exactly. you know, making quick decisions. Yep. You know, before we go on into actual of the cycles and, and kind of how these two roles come up against each other, a lot of times when we really start introducing pursuer withdrawal, and, and if you're already in therapy or if you've already gone to a workshop, chances are you already know this language. And so we're just refreshing it, which is awesome. If you're new at this, we'd love to always say, if you want to get into therapy, you want to know more about this, you can get the whole me type book or the creative for connection book. Sue Johnson stuff is great. There's a yep. lot of it out there. Um, or you can go to the ICEF web web page. Um, I C E E F T is where that is. And com. you can get yourself a therapist yep. that does EFT therapy, but people will ask, well, what if I don't, uh, what if I feel like we're both pursuers or what if I feel like we're both withdrawers or do you have to be one role? And there'll be times when in your love or your romantic relationship, you're one thing, but let's say like Chad's a withdrawer, but I've seen him in his career, um, like we co-lead a recovery group and he, he is actually, he pursues a lot of the relationships that he's in there. There, there are other roles in his life yeah. where he is the pursuer, maybe by necessity or maybe just cause it's a different situation. And I know there are roles in my life where I'm the withdrawer. I'm not the pursuer. And so naturally you, it doesn't mean that you're this all the time, but in this particular relationship is what we're really talking about. Also, Chad's a really engaged withdrawer and early in our relationship, I would say he pursued a lot, but usually over time, 
you'll fall into a little bit more of a, more of a polarized um, where one yeah. is one and, and the other is the other. And so we don't want you to necessarily get caught up. You might say, I kind of relate to both sometimes. And that's fine. As we go further into these other series that we're going to do, um, we'll talk about this a little more, but our hope is not necessarily that we're giving you a label. What we really want you to do is, is to be able to get words around what is happening for you in those distressing yeah. moments. And so we want to articulate what happens for us and what other pursuers or other withdrawers have articulated happens for them so that you can go, oh, that's what it feels like. And I've never really put words to that. That's what I, that's what I want to start to articulate. Our hope is that you'll start to align with one of these and then be able to share with your partner, hey, this is what's happening for me. Our goal is going back to give you these touch points, these connecting points where you can go, hey, this is what I feel like I am. And so you might be a pursuer, you might be a withdrawer. Those are the last two weeks, the last two topics that we did. And so this one, we're talking about what happens when my pursuit comes in strong. And then Chad, we've talked about slow blinks. So he withdraws what's happening for him is the very thing that makes me pursue more, which is the very thing that makes him withdraw more. Before you know it, we're in a standoff. Or he has, you know, gone out of the room, and it's a really yuck Yeah, I could have withdrawn situation. or pulled away or whatever. Yep. And and so what we're, we're hoping we can help you guys do, like Angela said, is is understand your part in it. To recognize even, even kind of name what you're doing and how it's gone wrong. And, and so if you can do that in your relationship, if you can start to say, hey, I know that, that right now I just slow blinked or right now I just felt that my gut drop or right now I just felt the anxiety rise up in me. Um, if you can start to notice some of these things, we can start to change some of these things. You know, there, there's lots of different little quick one-liners that are popping in my head, but one is, uh, you know, if you can name it, you can tame it, right? This idea that if we can put words to our story, if we can put words to our experience, we can do something with it. If we don't have words for it, if we don't have a way of discussing it or noticing it or, or changing it, we cannot, we cannot do anything with it. So the, the processes we're talking about are so fast that your body literally does it before you have a lot of awareness in your cognition, like in, in, the, in the most advanced parts of our brain. So what we're talking about is trying to notice something and pay attention to something and put yeah. words to it so that we can slow it down, so that we can have a name for it, so that we can have a, have a dialogue about it. If I, don't, if I don't know what to call what we're doing really the only thing I have to do with it is to say that, hey, Angela's being unreasonable. Or, hey, man, she, she really is just a lot. Or, or hey, like Chad's yeah. really disengaged and he doesn't even or care, maybe I don't care. care about yeah. this relationship. Yeah. That's where the negative thoughts in our head can go that can be either our view of ourselves or our view of our, you know, the view of myself would be like, I'm here I am again. I'm too much. My emotion's too much. Or he's not engaged. That can be my view of him. Or I can yeah. think, man, our relationship's in a really bad spot. And so we start to get these negative views that really start to dictate what our behavior is that, that cause us to escalate or cause us to to kind of go away to protect the relationship kind of de-escalate or turn turn the thermostat down and i want to kind of come back to that idea that you know it's not one is better than the other or worse than the other both partners both sides are really internally trying to think what's the best thing for this relationship to save this relationship my body as the pursuer is telling me fight hard right now get your point across which works everywhere else in, on the planet for Angela, mm-hmm. except for this close relationship. And my body tells me, okay, slow down, think about this, make a plan, have a plan, fix the problem, know the problem, see the problem, 
have the right words and respond properly before don't definitely don't just throw something out there and definitely don't just trust your gut instinct, your emotion <laughs> sort of, right? Which, yeah. what does that do to you? Leaves you over there by yourself. Yeah. And so if, if there's something that we can, when we usually start sharing this with couples, we kind of just say, this is how it downloads. By no means are we pitching this to you to hope that you'll never get in a fight again. That's not realistic. We're humans. We have our own ideas. We have our own goals and hopes. And, and sometimes it gets sideways when we try to share those or, or bring your partner to get, you know, on, online with whatever it is that, um, that's going on in your head. And so it, it's not the goal that we're never going to get sideways again. It's that we're going to start to recognize when those patterns show up, those cycles show up, can we acknowledge the part we play in them and then can we possibly start to slow them down and talk about what's going on underneath? And usually when we pitch to, um, you know, new couples at a workshop or even, you know, new clients when I'm kind of giving them that this is the goal pitch, this is what we're going to work on pitch, it's to say what we really want to do is get you guys to see this thing that happens to both of you and unite you against it. Our fights tend to, to pin us against each other. And uh, the hope of, you know, EFT therapy in general and, and some of these conversations that Sue Johnson lined up and, and hold me tight are to just say, we want to unite against the cycle that happens because my energy, whether it's to pursue or your energy, whether it's to withdraw, hijacks our relationship and really gets us in a tough spot. Yeah, it takes over. I mean, it literally comes in and takes over and, and all of a sudden, you know, we're doing this in 20 minutes. So it's like this cycle we're probably not doing it justice in some ways, but, but it really is a predictable thing. It really is as you, as you learn to notice your own internal workings um, at, for a withdrawer anyway, and, and a pursuer too, if you can start to notice what's happening to you, I mean, it's very predictable, the moves that'll happen. Yeah. It's very, it's very straightforward. And, and you can see how maddening it is, especially once you've uh, kind of done it um, a few times. And, and man, I want to say this, it's, it's so hard to, we're saying, oh, just see this thing and know it and name it and you'll be able to, it's not that simple. It really isn't that simple. I mean, for most of us, it takes, you know, lots of time. Yeah. Luckily we have the rest of our lives, hopefully <laughs> to work on this, but, but it is a hard, it's a hard thing to be able to go, wait a second, this is happening. And, and to know, yeah. to really know in my heart. Now, if you've been in a bad relationship for years and years and years and years, it, it's hard to believe that, that what's been going on, that, that, that my spouse really does care for me. But if, if you can hold on to the fact that, you know what, I know Angela loves me and this thing that's happening to us is hurting both of us. It's hurting it, neither one of us, yeah. especially once you start to understand how, how trapped you are as a pursuer or how trapped you are as a withdrawer, that neither one of us are getting our needs met. We're both yeah. getting like run over by this thing that, that really does destroy not just our relationship, but if you have kids or you have, you know, people that live with you, friends, you know, it can, it can wreck a night or it can wreck a family or it can wreck kind of the engagements that you have. So our hope isn't that you never, ever have a disagreement or never, ever see this thing again. Uh, in fact, you're going to have cycles, you're humans, and yeah. we're probably not going to take all that out of you. Um, but, but our hope is that you'll see it and be able to go, Oh my goodness, I'm doing that thing. And now, now she's hurting over there and I'm hurting over here. And this, this isn't how I want it to be. Yeah. Right. I and, want to change you know, that. Chad is, I love the way he words that, that we get hijacked. And the reality is when we get hijacked, we don't even like ourselves in that space. You know, I've heard Chad say before, when we've done a repair after our cycle, 
that it's not like he's over there going, well, I just love getting it wrong. I love letting him down and disappointing you. This is great. It's not a good time on either side. And yeah. for a pursuer, we feel like we're too much. We, it got out of control. It feels chaotic. We don't, we, I don't want to. I, you know, in our relationship, I say, I don't want to trump drama. I want to be able to deliver to you um, what I'm feeling and what's happening for me without getting escalated and without my, you know, I, my, my words speed up, my volume speeds up and I can almost feel it kind of hijack me. And so our hope is to say, can we help you recognize that it happens? And so here's how it downloads in a couple more. We're kind of, you know, like what Chad's saying, we're, this is the basics. We're just starting this podcast. We're excited about it. This first series is just real simple. We're looking forward to the future series that we're going to do. One of them will probably be to kind of break this cycle down even more specific to help you slow it down and understand what's happening in it. And so we look forward to that. But for now, how a couple kind of down starts to download this information is usually not stopping a cycle mid cycle. It's usually an hour or two hours or a weekend or whatever happens, you come back to it and go, Hey, I, I think that can thing- I see how I, my, I did what the moves I made. Yeah, can I, I see what I did in this, this fight? I yeah. think that that thing happened yeah. that, that they are talking about, or that my counselor was talking about, or that we learned in the workshop or that, you know, Chad and the real lamp are talking about this, this cycle that showed up. That's what that was. Yeah. And now what do we do that we can see that it happened is you come back and you make a repair and we'll do a whole series on just repairs. But for now in, yeah. the, in the, in the basics, we want to say, so you'll come back to it and go exactly what Chad is saying. You know, we never want to pit you against your partner to come back in and go, this is what you did wrong. That's not the goal. Adding more blame never really is helpful, but to come in and go, I recognize my part. I recognize that. Yeah. I criticized you when I was really wanting you to be with me. Yeah. And and, and you know what? For me, it would be something like I recognize how hard it must be when I go away and all you're needing is, is is input or feedback or to know that that I'm here with you. And I, I recognize that I, man, I went to my head again and I tried to come up with all these answers or solutions or just shut down. Right. Um, and and so I'm sorry. I know that's hard and I know you were in a tough spot. Um, you know, but, we've, we've been in a car before, you know, the two hardest places I think when, when a couple is in their cycle is a, then they're on a road trip and they're just stuck and then it's awkward silence. Or when you go to bed at night, you turn off the lights and both of you are wide awake in the dark and nobody's saying anything. It's really, really hard. Uh, those are really stuck spots and a lot of us have been there. And so it's really what we hope to do is kind of give you words to re-engage what happened um, in a way that's not blaming, in a way that's not attacking, but in a way that goes hey, I think I'm starting to see what's happening for me in that space. And I want to try to make it safe for us to talk about. I want to understand what's happening for you. And I'm trying to help you understand what's happening for me. And so here we are in the point in the podcast where we do a connect point. What we want you guys to get from this is that whether you're the pursuer or the withdrawer, this thing hijacks you both and and can get sideways. And if you can acknowledge that it happened, and then come back and go, hey, I think that we just got into, and, and we even encourage people to name it. I like that, yeah. Naming what happens. You can call it a cycle. You can call it a dance. One of our friends had a great name for it. It was it was uh, Jumanji. And, and so she's like, 
I can almost feel the drums beating when when we start to do this. And she said, like, and then the living yeah. room was like just chaotic. Now and there's rhinos like, running, yeah. <laughs> running through yeah. monkeys or whatever it is. But something yeah. that's personal to you guys that you guys can both kind of um, acknowledge happens so that you can say, hey, can we unite together against this thing that just hijacked us and have a safe conversation around what was happening for you and what was happening for your partner and trying to hear each other. Sometimes, especially early on, it might flare the cycle back up, but more times than not, if you bring your part in it, when you review the tape, you review what you did in the game. And if you can bring your part to it, it can just shift what that conversation looked like. And so that's our connect point for this week. We look forward to catching up with you next week when we break down why it's really hard to be able to even talk about our cycles. So we'll, we'll see you or hopefully you can hear us next week. Great.